Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Tristan. And we're joined by the returning Troy James. Very cool to have Hello, everybody. Yeah. Good to see you again. Yeah. Hi, Trista. Hi, Neil. And our, our, our third coast, Troy, was hoping to be here, so we'd have double Troys. It might have made it uh, awkward. People would know who we're talking to. <laughs> too many Troys. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have it. <laughs> I don't think you can have, ever have too many Troys. So how was Ireland? You just got back from Ireland. Yes, it was amazing. I'm sad to be home. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the best time of year to travel, but on the good side, a lot of the places we did go to were empty and we got to experience it all for ourselves. I went to Dublin. I went to Galway. I saw all the touristy things you're supposed to see. I saw the Cliffs of Moher. I went to the Arn Islands. I saw Inishir. It was a wonderful time. I saw the pictures on your Facebook and they looked awesome. <laughs> Thank you. It was yeah. great. It was great all the time. And what was really strange was um, because the sky was an unending gray at 8 o'clock and 12 o'clock and 4 o'clock, you couldn't really tell what time of day it was just oh, looking at the sky. Yeah. I like that you were uh, creeping around a few times too, uh, yes. you know, in, in little crevices. <laughs> okay. There are so many castles. Had to be creepy, had to be a little spooky in castles whenever you get the chance. Yeah. I saw that you said you couldn't keep up. Uh, I assume that was with uh, the, the drinkers in Ireland. Yes. I made the mistake of, um, well, I went to uh, a pub and because of, you know, the pandemic, I haven't really gone out <laughs> to many places like that. So I, I thought, well, well, in Ireland, I got to go to the Irish pub. And I went and I made friends because everyone is so lovely and so friendly there um, and promptly got drank under the table. So <laughs> um, lessons were learned. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. You, you made it back. So. Happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, something I was thinking about, and I, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, is uh, you get nervous before interviews. Yes, so I do. <laughs> I was wondering how that works uh, when, you're, when you're in a movie. Did, when you're actually performing, does that go away? Well, luckily, when I'm performing, half the time I'm in a crazy costume where I don't look like myself. So it's very easy to separate, you know, monster versus regular me. And the monster can move and do all sorts of cool stuff and growl and scream and all of that that I would not normally do. So it's easy <laughs> to kind of separate the two in my mind there. But once it's me and I can see my face and I'm talking and I can hear my voice, like I'll have to probably watch this afterwards and have it on mute because I hate hearing my voice recorded. Um, that's a different story. Yeah. Or you could just start growling in interviews. No. <laughs> <laughs> How about auditions then? Is that a different story? Um. Mm, not so much like you'd be surprised all the times um i kind of because i have a, such a unique skill i i already kind of have a foot in the door already having like a little advantage so i know i'm going for things that i'm already like super good at and awesome at um other times though i i remember there was a <laughs> i don't know if this is a something that other actors have to struggle with but i had a simple scene where all i had to do was take a glass and pour some whiskey into it like the same amount as another glass and cheers. And that took so long because I just couldn't do it like a normal person. Um, we got there, but it, it's funny that I can crawl on walls and jump off of buildings, no problem. But the minute it comes to something simple as pouring a glass to drink, it takes five takes. <laughs> that is very funny. But uh, 
So I remember last time we had you on, you talked about wanting to do some more, uh, I don't call it traditional acting, I guess. Uh, <laughs> how has that been going? Um, it went all right. I, I uh, Nightmare Alley just came out. and I've seen it three times face. actually in the theater. And the very first time I saw it, I was like, oh man, there's Troy. <laughs> it's, and he doesn't look like a, a demon or a reptile or a space alien. <laughs> it was me. And I, I had a few lines, a couple like, talk like a normal person, which was always awkward, but it was so much fun. And after doing that, I would do it again. It was really neat being a regular person back in the 40s. Yeah. Well, you mentioned when we started about rewatching this, you know, how about watching yourself uh, out of makeup on the big screen? I assume you saw uh, Nightmare Alley on the big screen. <laughs> there was um, one specific scene that I almost covered my eyes at. It was um, <laughs> a very long take of me eating potatoes <laughs> while something Again, a normal really activity happened in the background. And I remember watching it thinking, oh, this is a really long time <laughs> like it's my face right right front and center and i wanted it was a, it was an artistic choice it was director's choice to have that happen and i understand why but i wasn't prepared um and i kind of covered my eyes because it's just me eating at that point really cold potatoes <laughs> now i know you've worked on other projects by guillermo del toro but was this the first time you worked on something he actually directed uh, yes, he was in the director's chair, and I got to see him make the magic in person. That man is so, so talented. He's got it all up here. He has so many moving parts, so many actors, so many things going on at once. And I'm there wondering, how is this all going to come together? And he does it. He does it every time. I think he's one of those uh, people who, like, jealously, selfishly, I never want retire because he has so much to say and so much to do everything um it was a really special time working with him had you met him before oh yeah Uh, a bunch of times uh before i even started acting i saw his exhibit um an evening with monsters at the um uh, the ago in toronto and i was on the strain but he uh he produced that one i believe so he wasn't in the director's chair by the time i got onto the scene but i never thought i'd be working face-to-face with him. And so it really is quite an honor. What was that set like? Uh, the car- I always like carnival settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shot the carnival way out in the field in, uh, in Markham, Markham, Ontario. And they brought, I think, authentic old carnival props. They, they were like the Ferris wheel was a working Ferris wheel. And I'm sure it must have been someone's collection. It wasn't uh, the the set designer, I think her name was Tam. De- oh, geez, I should have written this down. Tam Dev. That might be your Instagram handle, but she brought that set to life. She uh, there were posters for all of the different. There was there was a dog boy poster, the human spider, uh, me, the snake man, the human skeleton. So much of it that you may or may not have seen because um, you know movies get edited, but it was a truly magical set. It was so amazing. It felt like a real carnival set. I wanted to stay there, even though it was in the middle of the field. I wanted to be a part of that for so long. And yeah. it was such an exciting time. That would be a cool Troy James shirt if you had the copy of the, the Snake Man poster. <laughs> I wanted it, but I didn't <laughs> think I... I, I wasn't going to ask. I was like, maybe if I hang around it and look wistful enough, maybe <laughs> someone will let me have a piece of the magic. Yeah. Have you ever kept anything for movies? 
Um, sometimes. I think I might actually have the Snake Man banner on the back of our casting chairs. Oh, that I think I was allowed to take. Um, when I was on The Flash, there was a whole bunch of Flash uh, swag I got to keep for myself. I still have the binder. I have, uh, there's a blanket. I have a water bottle. I brought that to Ireland with me. I had a jacket, but it was stolen and I'm very upset. I went to New Orleans and it, either I lost it or it got stolen, but I don't have it and I'm very sad. Oh, that's very have you seen, did you see in black and white? Cause I saw the, when it first came out and I went and saw it when they did the black and white version. Uh, they had brought the black and white screening to Toronto, but I was in Ireland when it came out. So I didn't get a chance to see it myself. It really is like a different Toronto. movie. Cause it has that classic feel even without, it, especially like the, the different dissolves and stuff. And then black and white, it has a totally different feeling. I think right from the get go, Del Toro had envisioned it to be a black and white film. It's a film noir after all. So from the beginning, it was, it was meant to be filmed and shot that way. So I'm glad that came out as well. Yeah. And it's uh, for uh, multiple Oscars, including uh, best picture. So that's very cool. <laughs> it was a fa- like the set design. I was still blown away. Um, um, Kate Blanchett's office was just, and in every scene that she was in, she just stole the scene. It was amazing. All the actors, I got to talk with so many A-listers. It was a bit, I'm not one to get, starstruck but it was a little a little nerve-wracking being oh yeah it's amazing cast yeah star-studded yeah so i went to see when it came out then i saw black and white and uh f- last week i was in boston my friend Annabelle, and she never saw it it was playing in boston it's like well let's go see it so so i saw it a third time on the, i i don't normally go see movies three times in the theater but it was wow. a, and it's two and a half hours and it, and it went it by is, it's quite a lengthy movie there was a lot of um i believe a lot more carnival stuff that may have been shot but when you have a movie that's two and a half hours, things get cut. So yeah, yeah. Because if people haven't seen, it's kind of two movies too. It's uh, the carnival, and it's uh, a totally different movie as it goes on. Uh, Trista, do you have a question? Do you have any advice for aspiring contortionists? Hmm. Well, like uh, a lot of contortionists uh, exist in the circus world right now. I had my, I dabbled in circus for a bit in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen and the talent shows, but I kind of bridged into film and television working as a creature actor. Um, so it really kind of depends on what you want to do with contortion. There, the circus is an amazing, amazing place. I got to travel Europe and China and meet a whole bunch of amazing performers who can do things I couldn't dream of. It's really, I don't even know the words for it. I, I feel like I've said magical too many times, <laughs> but it's, it's, just something else, it's a whole different world. And I think with practice and surrounding yourself with the right people and coaches, I think there's there's a world for you out there. There are a world of people like me here too that make movies. I didn't realize I long ago, I thought, okay, maybe it's a guy in a rubber suit. I didn't realize the work that went into being able to portray a creature that may not even speak, but still you need to learn everything about it by the way it moves or emotes on screen. And it's bigger than you think. A couple of things there said, um, you know, uh, how, how do you approach being a creature? Do you think of like the backstory and the humanity of it? Uh, it depends on the creature I'm playing. Sometimes you are quite simply a mindless being that wants to devour all life in the universe. <laughs> and other times uh, it's a little more nuanced. Uh, for example, going back to Channel Zero, the dream door. Um, I play a character that at first is 
terrifying and kills people and you have no idea what's going on. But then as the series progresses, you realize that he's got a really soft heart. He really loves the main character and he's just trying to do things to protect her and make her smile. So you can play a scary creature that's also still lovable at heart. It all depends on your physicality and your emotion, even if you're not speaking. Yeah. In the um, when you said about you dabbled in the circus, well, I I mean I I don't really think of like that there is a modern circus, but apparently there is. Like, what what is the modern circus? Uh, yeah. Well, well, first of all, how did you get involved in that? Like, how do you pursue? I'm going to go uh, join the circus. Like, I'm going to go um, run well, away and join really the circus. Funny. In back in high school, in my yearbook, they wrote "Join Circus Lay." It's your destiny. Run away and join the circus. But of course, my mother said, "What are you talking about? You're going to university. <laughs> you are going to get a big boy job." Um, so I never thought that was an option, even though I was always flexible since I was born. And I guess uh, with the advent of social media, you you do your thing and people see and people started saying, Hey, do you want to come out to perform a live show? Do you want to come out and do this? And at first I didn't even have an act. People who do circus train for years and years and years, months and months. They work really hard making their bodies into machines that can do superhuman feats. And so I say I dabbled in circus because I didn't do it the proper way. I don't want to say, you know, I, I grew up practicing 10 hours a day, bending over backwards as, many other people do. Um, but I did, I, the right eyes saw me and I got invited to uh, Cirque de Demain, which means uh, Cirques of Tomorrow in Paris, France, back in 2019. Me and my duo partner at the time, S, we created a duo contortion act and it was very well received. We performed at the Moulin Rouge. We performed in China. We performed on Francis Got Talent. Um, and it kind of, moved on from there i'm sure if i had I, I did get offers too to join more circuses and do long-term contracts but because i'm a character actor first it's really difficult to do circus and film mm -hmm. without you can't have two feet in two different pools when you play different audiences like in china england um do they do they act differently to different parts of the the performance or is it kind of a universal um, thing well, I find that there are two general reactions to my performances, at least. Uh, one of them is, wow, that's really cool. How is he doing that? I'm, I want to watch this. this. That's really cool. I want to watch this all day. And then you have the others who are completely freaked out. They want nothing to do with it. Like, Get it away from me. Step on it. Crunch it. It's a spider. Kill it. Go. Go away. Um, when I was in China, um, uh, there was a judge for one of the Chinese um, talent shows I did, and she was a Mongolian contortionist. Mongolian contortion is very beautiful, very elegant, very flowing. Uh, you bend in half and you stack onto each other like a pyramid. Uh, it's very controlled. Um, but what I do is not. It's very jagged and angular, and she did not like it. She said it was not beautiful. It was not pretty. Uh, so different reactions. Troy was just going to say his favorite horror film. Okay. Um, I think it comes back to, I have two, they're tied. Um, and I should update my answers, but still, they just, they just do it for me. Uh, it Follows, for one, that got under my skin so much when I watched it, just because of the fact that there could be 
a being out there that is chasing you and only you, and it will eventually catch you unless you keep moving. There's just something really terrifying about that, um, no matter where you go. And the second one would be the autopsy of Jane Doe, because oh, it, it, even though it takes place in essentially a, a, a room or two in the morgue, it's, it's scary. Oh my goodness, when the action really heats up, it, I, I remember I watched that before I went to sleep and no, it got into my dreams. It was, there was a, it was one of those pull the covers really tight and don't move until morning comes. It's a really original film too. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, I, I would have not really known what it was about, which is, I think is always the best way to go in any movie, but like, uh, you know, it's not what you think. It, well, I don't even know what people would think, uh, you know, when you go into the movie, but I'd recommend not reading about it and just going and watching it. It's a good one. Yeah. Now, were you always a horror movie fan? Uh, surprisingly, no. Um, when I was young, I got traumatized by Candyman. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I might have told you about that one last time, but I'll just yeah, refresh you. Because yeah, I think um, we were just knowing about the new one coming out. So. It was, uh, I was warned by my parents not to watch it. It was an adult movie, not for kids. And I decided to rebel when I was too young to rebel and thought my parents didn't know any better. I climbed downstairs to watch the movie at two in the morning and it was not a good idea. <laughs> it was very, very much not a good idea. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't watch horror for many years after that. Yeah. What did they say? I told you so or? Well, I didn't even tell them, but they knew the oh. next morning when I was just shivering at breakfast, <laughs> eating porridge, they knew. And yeah, they basically <laughs> said, didn't I tell you? <laughs> no sympathy. No sympathy at all. Did you see the new Candyman? I have not yet. Oh, oh my goodness. I need to. I need to. Yeah. I would. I would only good things. Yeah. I would recommend it. Uh, has working in movies changed how you watch movies? Like, do you still watch them as a movie or do you watch them like? kind of breaking it down as uh, um, how they made this. I, I do find that I, I do break down, especially like stunt scenes now. I think, oh, okay, um, I wonder how they did that action or I wonder how they got this done. Um, I'm definitely looking at monster creation and costumes and I, it's, it's almost bad in a way. I really do want to be able to watch movies, you know, just to enjoy them for the movies that they are. But when you do enough of them, you kind of, you get excited for entirely different reasons. Like, oh, wow, that was a really smooth uh, transition or um, his costume is phenomenal. I wonder, like you're looking at how he's built while, or how she's built when you're watching, when you really should be concentrating on the fact that he just killed six people. <laughs> but um. And when you uh, when you were gonna play a, a monster, because a lot of your movements are kind of otherworldly. So, I, but do you ever look at things in nature, like how how you're gonna move? Um, for a while, I did. I mean, I was looking for inspiration. I would look at things like scorpions or segmented anthropods just to see how all their legs move and wonder if I could imitate them. But then I would try to imitate them and. I would look really silly. <laughs> uh, a lot. Of, it's it's not um, uh, fun. It's not a what did I say? It's not a beautiful process of creation. It's a lot of looking really silly until you find something that works or something that you think looks really like not interesting. But someone else says, "Whoa, how did you do that? Let do that thing again." A lot of the 
those movements have come from someone saying, do that thing again, even though I thought it was just, oh, I just kind of bent my elbow and turned my head around. But when you're watching it, it looks, it looks a little creepy. <laughs> I think when I asked this last one about like any injuries, but uh, how, how have you been uh, since then? Uh-huh. I'm lucky. No injuries for me. <laughs> oh, <very good. laughs> um, I think I'm lucky in the sense that I can bounce back from things, right? I can mm-hmm. bend all the way back and not get injured, wake up every morning feeling fresh. Uh, I do wonder what it's going to be like. Ask me again in 10 years. <laughs> but for the moment, I feel great. Yeah. I, I, I know Trist asked about advice, but do you have advice for people to, um, to avoid injuries? Um, that is what you probably go to see a physiotherapist about or like a licensed chiropractor or something. <laughs> Fair enough. You, to to yeah, you know with someone that like, I oh, will Troy James on without your head told me to do this. And I'd he be just fine. bent his finger back and he was fine. I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, please don't try this at home. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so uh, how did you get involved in Malignant? Ooh, uh, James Wan and his team contacted me and brought me out to Los Angeles. And that was, that was, it was a blur. It was like, it was all of a sudden like a really big movie coming on, coming to like, I, I, James Wan, right? The Conjuring. Yeah. I've been a huge fan. And for him, the, the he, at first he said he liked, he's seen, he's seen my work and he liked it, which was already like, oh my goodness. And then it was like, well, now do you want to be part of this film? And you think it'd be great. And uh, great times. What was, uh, what was the makeup for, uh, for Belignant? Um, well, Gabriel wore a giant trench coat, which I wore at first and they, they, they shredded it and made it look all spooky. It was a jail of them after all. Um, he wore a, I could probably send it to you, but he wore, um, there was a face on the back. So we would put the coat on backwards and there was a face on the back of the coat and all the movements had to be walking backwards. I, I looked really silly. Marina was, Marina was the, uh, Gabriel also. And she nailed it. She walked backwards, forwards. And then I felt like I was wearing wooden clogs, trying to look like a person walking backwards normally, but walking forwards. Uh, at one point, we had false feet. So it would look like the knees are bending the proper way when you're walking backwards. Um, but those were clunky and didn't end up being used at all. Um, his face, there was a whole animatronic that I think Marina wore on the back of her. Uh, it was around her chest to get the face of Annabelle moving like normal in the back and as well as Gabriel doing all the facial expressions and that was heavy, but she's a superstar. Did you have to kind of work together to, so you have similar movements? Um, well, you see some different parts. A lot of the time, like I was more at the beginning when you have absolutely no idea what's going on, but at the same time, me and Gabriel is supposed to be on the back of Annabelle and Annabelle and I have very different, we're different heights and different. Yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so there was a bit of crisscrossing. There was a part where I think I crawl through a window and then immediately Marina pops up when uh, Annabelle's on the bed and it looks seamless. So you think, what is even happening here? But it's, if you have an eagle eye, you'll be able to pick the part and tell uh-huh. who's, who's who. Yeah. That was, in, that was one of my favorite movies, uh, horror movies last year. I was a big fan. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. What was it like to watch the finished movie? Oh my goodness. I knowing what we did versus what I saw, it was just a bonkers movie. I had so much fun watching it. I liked that it was just 
it leaned completely into insanity. It didn't hold anything back. I know a lot of people were wondering, what the heck am I watching? Meanwhile, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so <laughs> awesome. Was, I mentioned this on the show, but it was one of the most fun experiences in the theater because I was into it. And it, it was very fun because a lot of the people there were like what you're saying. They were like, what the hell is this? And it really added to the whole experience of watching like, the movie. The trailer did not give that away at all. Yeah. They did a really good Which job I think was good, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. Okay. Yeah. And it, you mentioned James Wan, but it's a, it's a lot different than a lot of James Wan movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Wan and Ingrid BC. Uh, uh, Ingrid was a, uh, oh my goodness, I forgot her, I forgot the name of her character in the movie, but she was the the one who chased around Krakoa, the, the detective. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, their love child. Yeah. You've worked with a lot of great directors. <laughs> I hope to work with them again. Yeah. Uh, Trish, do you have a question? Do you do a warm-up and cool-down? Mm, I should. And when I remember to, I do. But for the most part, I'm lazy and I don't. And I eat chocolate instead. <laughs> but for longevity, uh, if there are any other contortions out there, don't skip your warm up, train both sides, and always warm up and cool down if you want to continue doing this when you're 40. <laughs> I should grab the name here, but someone on Facebook asked about playing Ragdoll in The Flash. Ooh, Ragdoll's always a fun one to play. He is just deliciously insane. I played him uh, three times. I think I had about three episodes of The Flash, uh, season five and six. And it's just fun because every time I go back, they put me into smaller and smaller boxes and say, well, can you crawl to this? How about this? Uh, The first time it was a gift box. The second time it was a briefcase. Uh, The third time, I think it was like a police police file a small box and uh he's just he's insane and evil so it's fun being able to throw away any pretense of being a respectable person and just being someone who wants to cause as much mayhem and destruction as possible that was justin adams by the way i would like to get their name in there who's asking are you a comic book fan um, yes but not as much as my father my father has a whole oh, really? trunk full of comics a huge trunk. I can't uh, uh, state how big this trunk is. And he, you can tell him something and he'll be like, oh yeah, that's from like this issue. And he'll ask me questions about superheroes because like, no, you're doing superhero stuff now. <laughs> and I can't keep up with them because I didn't grow up reading. I read other books. I read novels. I read um, science books, believe it or not. Um, but I like comics, but I didn't, have a collection of them myself. I kind of read whatever kind of came across my desk. Yeah. Yeah. The other Troy on the show, my brother, he's a, was a big comic book fan uh, growing up. And uh, it is actually fun to see the, the Marvel movies. He's a big Marvel fan. And uh, cause he, it's like watching a kid watch the movie. Cause he's very excited to yeah. see all the com- the characters that he saw. Uh, I remember uh, cause he even had a, he has a Thanos tattoo long before the movie. And I'm sure people now just assume he, he got it because of the Avengers movie. Oh, no, that must bug him so much. <laughs> um, I was a fan of the, uh, a lot of the animated television series of the comic books. That's what I grew up. I grew up watching all the Spider-Man uh, shows, the X-Men shows, all of that. But uh, I can't claim to be like, super knowledgeable in yeah. comic lore. That must have been fun for your father to see you in The Flash. 
he <laughs> had a whole bunch of questions I couldn't answer. <laughs> I felt really bad. Uh, because he knows all the different timelines too. And once you get into like the different iterations of heroes and different universes and then the crossovers, uh, it's too much for my head. So I like <laughs> comics, but um, yeah, he can give you advice next time on the, on the next time you play ragdoll. Certainly. <laughs> and uh, Alan uh, Sessler wants to know about uh, filming the void. Ooh, that was my first film, believe it or not, with Steven Kostensky. And I got to play the sleepwalker. That one was a lot of fun. I, it was my first experience being in a, in a suit and acting, so to speak. And I remember finishing and immediately wanting to do it again, thinking, well, that was a lot of fun. Now I have to go back to my internship <laughs> working at an office. But uh, at that time, I, hadn't, I didn't know this is going to be my life. So yeah. I'm really glad I took that step and did it. I, funny story about The Void. Um, when you see me as a sleepwalker, I'm in a heap on the floor and I kind of rise up and unfortunately kill one of the uh, cast members. But we had cut and I think they were going to reset some of the cameras. And I was just lying there because why not? I was comfortable, even though I was all twisted and contorted on the floor. And I think the cameraman and someone else came to have a conversation right at my feet. And I was like this for about five minutes, but then I wanted to see who was talking. And I turned my head and the camera guy jumped. Not the camera guy, the guy who was talking to you jumped because he thought I was a prop. He thought I was just like a dummy on the floor <laughs> that suddenly turned and looked at him and he jumped so high. Fun times. <laughs> I love that. So I don't think that's technically an Astron 6 movie, but it's two of the, uh, two of the guys from Astron 6 made it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so uh, how did you how did that come about you said it's your first movie um i was working at uh canada's wonderland halloween haunt at the time it's a theme park in canada and every october they turn the whole park into a haunted theme park with mazes and uh, scary monsters walking around i was working on a roller coaster at the time and the managers asked me if i wanted to dress up because they knew i was flexible they thought i'd be a great monster and I got paid to run around and scare guests. That was amazing. I did that. And I think um, because of that, there were other actors who did that. And they said, hey, you should audition for this film. And they sent me, they, I had to make a demo tape and send off. And I'd never done that before. I had my friend help me. I sent it off. And I think they said that they were blown away. They'd never seen something like that before. And they immediately wanted to fly me out to Sault Ste. Marie to make the void. <laughs> and I got to make some cool friends. That I, we still keep in contact now, actually. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Next trip, we're going to take Steve to Tokyo. <laughs> oh, nice. Have you been to Tokyo? I have. I've been twice. Uh, the first time I did a game show there, and the second time I did a Japanese commercial for a suit. It was a stretchy suit. And they wanted the stretchy person to show off the suit. And they did. <laughs> they dyed my hair and everything. Oh, really? What color? Uh, blonde. <laughs> and I will never dye my hair again. <laughs> I was going to ask. Adam. I'm not sure how that looks on you. I don't know. Uh, I'll show you a picture. It's, it's something. <laughs> yeah, I'm very interested. Uh, Tristy, you have another question? I've seen that commercial, actually. Really? Um, I think you, it was on your website, and it's so good. Everything you do, you're so humble, but uh, <laughs> even just the commercial, it, it blew my mind. It stuck with me. I saw it a long time ago. But um, 
truly. Thank you. But, um, you're welcome. Um, my question is, is there a tight-knit or extensive contortionist community? Are there expos or, or cons or anything like that? I think there is a contortionist convention. I've never been before, but I have heard about it. It's already kind of niche in circus anyway. Like you have the jugglers, the tightrope walkers, um, the acrobats, uh, and then you have contortion, which is already kind of small in the circus community as a whole. But there are they're out there, and it's definitely an art practice. It's a discipline first and foremost. Um, there are parallels. You'll get, you'll see high levels of flexibility in dance as well as um, yoga, the strengthening meditation technique. You'll get, you develop flexibility as well. Contortion requires both strength and flexibility, though, to um, stabilize you when you are in extreme positions. Because if you're very flexible but not strong, you can't hold yourself there, and you might you're prone to injury. So you need to develop both. It's something that it's you can learn it for sure but um it's long and not very comfortable <laughs> but there is a community out there for sure um along those lines when you said you dabbled in uh, in the circus was everyone accepting or was there any uh was there any negative negativity like um you're not a full-time part of this life uh in my head there definitely was i thought like the imposter syndrome was very real but um, no, everyone was very nice. Uh, everyone there had practiced their own art for years and years and really just appreciated seeing other people showing off the best of their skills. For myself, I cannot juggle. Um, I cannot do straps and like hold myself in the air on silks and fly through the air. Um, so seeing that, people at the top of their game was phenomenal. And I believe that the other people had the same appreciation towards all of the other acts as well. You know, earlier you mentioned James Wan saw your work and asked you to be in the movie, which is amazing. Is there any, um, are there any things you've done that uh, you think are under the radar that you would like people to see that you would like people to have, you know, uh, more eyes on it? Um, I don't know. I, I'm, still a very shy person so I, a lot of the times actually i'll do things and i just won't ever share them <laughs> um, what i am having fun with is uh wire work so you take the skills i already have but they put you on wires and then you can fly and crawl on the walls and crawl on the ceilings and that's always fun um a lot of times i get to do that i'm doing it in the film so i can't really show people but just recently i started playing around with a friend who owns a gym and he does wire work so we We've made a few videos of just us doing really cool things that don't really belong anywhere. Just like what happened if an explosion happened hit you against the wall, but you were actually an alien and you started crawling up the wall. Or can you go down the ladder like really weirdly? And I have a bunch of those floating around that I may or may not post sometime. <laughs> but fun stuff like that. Yeah, I would like to see it. Um, I know I can't talk too much about it, but I'm interested uh, for, for Wendigo that's coming out. Oh, yes. Um, so we shot that one quite a while ago. It's still in post-production, so I probably can't reveal too many details. But um, I remember the first time I read about the Wendigo, I was a child. It was actually in the Scary Stories Tell in the Dark book. There's an excerpt called the Wendigo. And there is, in that one, the Wendigo is a being that carries you across the snow and eventually picks you up to the sky and drops you. 
uh, terrifying. It was Scary Stories by uh, Alvin Schwartz. I think it was illustrated by Stephen Gamel. The illustrations are terrifying, by the way, in those books. Um, but this one ago was a bit different. It was more along the, I know it's a, a Native American legend around the, the Great Lakes area of the United States and Canada. This one is an evil being that just has insatiable greed and hunger. And uh, I think there's a bit of cannibalism in there as well. This one is, that Wendigo is just ancient and evil. And it, it was different for me because a lot of the movements I do are otherworldly. But this one was just so evil and powerful that it really could be like a hulking beast uh, stalking through the forest. And so that was uh, a different character of mine to play that I had a lot of fun with. Um, I wish I could share pictures, like, but I can't. And the costume itself was phenomenal. I couldn't sit down because I had giant sticks coming out of my back. Oh, really? I hope that wasn't too, yeah. I hope that was not too much to say. I should probably <laughs> stop before I get in trouble. Yeah. We'll save it for part three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but along those lines, uh, we won't go into the Wendigo, but what are some of the, the things you played that were the hardest, just physically? Um, hmm. I would say Jangly Man was pretty physical from Scary Stories Tell in the Dark because he was upside down all the time. Um, I would also say, oh, there was, there was another one. What is it? Oh, well, Malibu Horror Tapes wasn't difficult, but I was very self-conscious because I was wearing a loincloth for the entire time. It was just a little bit of fabric. And I was very much in my head about it in terms of moving and crawling on, you know, exposure and modesty. Right, right. I was going to wear that for the interview, but it's too cold. Uh, (laughs) No one would watch. No, no, of course not. That would be a whole different rating. It would be a whole different show, Neil. (laughs) But, um, so it's weird for me for different reasons. And I find that I've been doing more creature work where I'm wearing less and less clothing because it's all, <laughs> they want to see the, the human body and they put prosthetics on or applications on, but it's yeah. really about the human physicality and how it transforms into a monster. So you get over your modesty pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when we started, you said, you know, part of, uh, you know, like nervous for interviews, but when you're playing a monster, you're all covered up. And then here was a, yeah. something where you were not covered up. The oh, no, there was a, a film I did just recently where I think right before I, 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 I was all set, I said, great, you're going to be this monster, you're going to be this demon, it's going to be really cool. And then I was about to get on the plane and I got an email saying, um, what's your Speedo size? You're wearing a Speedo for this <laughs> movie. We're painting you black. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> and it was hard. Like, I had already signed the contract. It was already done. I had just came back from Italy where I'd eaten all of the pasta, like all the pasta, <laughs> like all week, I just ate everything. And yeah, so I was, that, that happened. <laughs> you know, Malibu Horror Story looked like it was, I haven't seen it, I have to uh, admit, but it looks like it was filmed outside. Um, but yes, well, uh, we filmed it in a bunch of different places, actually, but it, most of it was. I was wondering uh, if it was cold, since you're just in, in a, a cave, yeah. in a cold cave. I had a little warm-up blanket I got to put on when we were not filming because it got really, really cold. <laughs> Even I, I didn't think California did get cold, but where we were, we were in Northern California, and yeah, it got cold. Um, but that 
the caution too was like um it was a loincloth and paint and mud and really just not much so <laughs> you you might if i think you, you might see goosebumps if you're watching because <laughs> i was definitely freezing yeah uh tristy another question so I'm always interested in what scares horror creators. Do you have any fears or phobias you can share with us? Hmm. Phobias, phobias. When I was young, I was afraid of the dark. And now I love the dark. I can only sleep in complete pitch blackness, uh, darkness. Uh, I would say oh, phobias. Like in terms of like ways to die, I would hate to drown. Drowning is terrifying. I love to swim, but I fear drowning or it's not a That's phobia. probably a good reason to be a good swimmer. <laughs> well, I taught myself how to swim. So <laughs> I purposely, yeah, anything to avoid drowning. No, I love swimming. Um, but fears, fears, they're like they're kind of related all to death in a way. Fears of, you know, like your loved ones getting hurt or yeah, drowning is another one. But I, I don't know about like just things that I don't like to look at things that are scary that I don't want to be around. I have to, Oh darn, I should have thought about that one. <laughs> no, I'll think about it. Maybe in a minute or two, I'll be able to, I'll have an answer. All right. Well, don't think too much about it. We don't want you to get scared. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> are you all working on anything currently? I am about to, I have a project that I'm going to be doing at the end of next month, but because I can't be any fun, it's, all hush hush right now mm -hmm. you're a busy guy because uh, we've been trying to do part two for a while so where we got <laughs> you in between things i'm happy I'm, I'm, oh, it's, it's a good it's a good thing that, oh no uh, it's definitely a good thing yeah <laughs> we caught you <laughs> after <laughs> ireland i thought maybe ireland you were actually going to film some but then i saw you pictures of hanging out in, in shipwrecks and then drinking in, in pubs <laughs> <laughs> yes um oh wait i uh bugs i <laughs> I don't like, like, I, I play bugs, but I don't like bugs. Or, or I like bugs outside, but I do not <laughs> like bugs inside. Once they're inside my house, that's a no-no. I don't like it. They need to not be here. Insects. <laughs> Insects. <laughs> well, luckily, you don't have any in the basement there. Uh, for a while, I did. Like, when they got really cold, they all tried to come in because it's freezing outside. Mm -hmm. And no, nature is good, but it's outside. I don't like my nature inside. <laughs> yeah, for a while uh, down here, I had cave crickets, which were very creepy looking. the The cement wall was covering these black. They were very long and black, and I didn't oh, know what nice. they were at first. But I found out they were cave crickets. So, a dehumidifier actually helps because then it's not uh, as humid in the basement. So, if you ever yeah. have cave crickets, get a de dehumidifier. This is my uh, advice. Oh, yeah, those centipedes, millipedes, all those little legs. Like, they're fascinating to look at in video or outside, but the minute they're inside and I see them, like, crawl underneath the couch or, like, a counter. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, now we know how to scare Troy, but we, we won't do that. <laughs> of course, nice. the creature guy is afraid of creatures. It's so strange. <laughs> I like that. Maybe that could help your performance. You think of what would scare you and you try to scare the audience. <laughs> um all right so uh where can people follow you if uh they want to see what you're up to oh ah, sure uh i am twisty troy on both twitter and instagram as well as facebook 
I should have introduced you as Twisty Troy. We have Terrible <laughs> Troy and yeah, and Twisty Troy. That's how we could uh, differentiate. Oh, you. it's going to be a duel to the death of the Troy. It's like, <laughs> you want. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm around. I'm on the social media. Uh, by the way, Troy's uh, nine years older than me, he's my older brother. But when I was when I went to school, a lot of my teachers would call me Troy because they had they taught him too. And I think we look absolutely nothing alike, which was always oh, very right. strange if people would call me Troy. Yeah. I think people I've only been in class with one other Troy. He, like a lot of their I've been in schools classes with like five or six mics. Uh, but Troy was always one of those that just wasn't and I know it's a popular name, but for me, I've only come across one other in my schooling years. People mistake me and call me Trevor all the time. I don't know why. Really? There's so many other letters, so many extra vowels. Just, it's only <laughs> four, four letters in one syllable. How do you get it wrong? <laughs> yeah, I see maybe Trey or something. Yeah, but Troy is a, that was a weird one. Yeah, I mean, Trevor is a weird one. If I called you Nelson, I would have no this is it makes, I don't know why I thought this, but uh, when I was in Spanish class, there was no equivalent to Neil. And so uh, they called the teacher called me Ricardo, and I never understood that. You would think you would at least have an, an end name, but yeah. Wow, that's that's a bit out there. Yeah, it has nothing to do with anything. But I just have. But <laughs> so anyway, it was very cool to uh, talk with you again. Of course, I was happy to come back. It's yeah. Sorry, it took so long. No, it's a, we're happy that you have a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Keep an eye out for me. Yeah, and I am always happy when I see when I see you pop up. I went to see Malignant, and then I found out you were in it, and I think you weren't allowed to talk about it at the time, and and then uh, and I was really happy because I could tell it was you right away in um, in Nightmare Alley. Yeah, that one was. There's no getting around it. It's definitely <laughs> me wearing a really cool wig and a cool snake outfit. It was very cool. All right, it's very fun, and you're always very pleasant. Always seem Thank up to you. Eat. It's always fun talking to the both of you. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, thank you. We love you, Troy. Love you too. <laughs> Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.